Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, welcome into the Arrowhead Addict Podcast Thursday edition. Patrick Allen here. With my man, Hitman Holmes. What is this, Sterling? This is a new. This is a new moniker for you. Yeah, a new nickname. I'm not going to complain. I sound like a badass. I sound like a, a mobster from 1920. Who gave you? Who gave you the Hitman nickname, man? I've seen Doug in Kansas. He was posting in there. Some folks in the chat were posting there, and uh, I am not going to complain. That makes me sound like I'm a tough man. Who, uh, if you know me, I am not. <laughs> I love a good a good nickname. Doug's Doug's the man with the nicknames over in the chat. He's been calling me MVP, which I which I like. I told my wife he one day he called me. I think he called me like the cool dad of the Arrowhead Addict podcast, uh, which is funny because I don't have any children. Uh, but, <laughs> but I was like, I was asking my wife as I was like, do I give off dad vibes? Is that something that's happening? So uh, you think so? Like oh, big cool, time, cool dad, cool dad. Oh vibes? yeah, cool cool dad vibes for <laughs> sure. I hope so. I hope so. If it ever happens, I hope I'm I'm one of the cool dads. So huge episode today, everybody. We're going to let everyone get in here. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to hit that like button. Let's get more Chiefs fans in here because we have, we've had some really great guests on this podcast, Sterling, but this is by far the coolest guest that we've ever had coming up in just a minute. And that is Melissa Etheridge, man. The first is this is the first rock star that we've had on the podcast, which is incredible. Yeah, this is awesome. This is incredible. I am very, very excited. I'm stoked. Uh, I saw her in concert when I was uh, when I was younger. I mean, we're going with my parents. Uh, actually, there's a picture of me somewhere with her, which I want to tell her this story when she comes oh, on. I yeah. uh, couldn't find the picture, but I am very excited for her to come on. Maybe she has it. For, you know, framed yeah, in sure. her, in yeah, her, in sure her, in her family room. Um, <laughs> and so you said you went and saw her when you were a kid. So like, what, like last last Friday? Oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. I'm, I'm an old man now. I played basketball last night. If you would have saw me moving, you'd say, yeah, that's an old man. Maybe I'm the cool dad. <laughs> you, you'll always be a young man to me. Um, before we talk to Melissa, who is, by the way, if, you're, if you weren't familiar, the biggest Chiefs fan. I mean, she's just like us. Um, and I've got, you know, a kind of a fun story about how her and I kind of became buddies on Twitter. So, but before that, I got to let you know, we have some breaking news, really important that we got to get to. And that is that our sponsors, Casey Beer Co., uh, they once said that they would never release an IPA, but they just brewed one so good, they broke their own rules. And I am, IPAs aren't as popular as they were a few years back. Here it is. It is fantastic i'm drinking it right now during the show it's another perk of the job uh it's called never say ipa and it's the newest beer and the first ipa to hit the casey beer lineup Uh, it's a beer that's a celebration of german and american brewing traditions using both german and american hops as well as german malt and yeast this beer is so refreshing and aromatic you have to try it i'm not lying it is really really good it's one of my favorite casey beers that i've ever had uh, and that's saying something um so this is another great beer from this award-winning brewery and they've got such a terrific lineup of brews 
So even if you're not an IPA guy, they've got a beer style for you. Just look for the red Casey Beer Coke cartons in your local store and support the Arrowhead Addict podcast by supporting Casey Beer Co. Do us a favor, give them a shout out on Twitter at Casey Beer Co and say, hey, I heard about your beer on the Arrowhead Addict podcast. Uh, But keep us in business and dare to be your different. Please drink responsibly, 21 and over. All right, Sterling. So lots, lots of news going on with the Chiefs right now. Free agency, a lot of changes are happening. So just a little bit later in the show, we're going to get to all that. We're going to talk about the departures of Juju Smith-Schuster and Colin Saunders. We're going to talk about some of the additions like Jawan Taylor. But first, let's not keep them waiting any longer. Uh, the the warm-up act is over. Let's bring in Melissa Etheridge, massive Chiefs fan. Melissa, thank you so much. Hi, guys. It's really, really cool to meet you. We're huge fans. You're such a talent. And I remember when I found out a few years ago that, that you were a Chiefs fan. It's always cool to know that there are other really awesome Chiefs fans out there. So thank you so much for hopping on with us. I'm so grateful. Totally my pleasure. You guys keep me sane during the season when we're playing and tweeting and crying and laughing and everything. So what a, what a pleasure to, to be with my, my people, my people that understand my insanity. It, it, it is. And, and the way that you and I sort of uh, kind of linked up on Twitter is I think it was before the AFC championship game and you had tweeted out a, a picture of a box of donuts. And you said that you were all, it was that morning you said you were already stress eating. Um, and I made a super lame joke about one of your songs and uh, you followed me on Twitter. And I was like, well, this is this is amazing. This is uh, even if the Chiefs lose, but they didn't No. <laughs> what's your did you have like a game day like uh, i i some people get nervous and and can't eat when the chiefs play i'm the complete opposite when i'm upset just give me all the just, food just do you have a go-to and donut? And some sugar yeah you know the uh the donut i hadn't had a donut i mean i'm all california healthy out here and i hadn't had a donut in a long time and it was this freaking playoff game and i'm like I need, I need, you know, that, that's like the ultimate food. And someone ran out and got it. And I, because I was only half kidding and I said, Oh God, they've got it. Now I have to eat it. So, uh, yeah. So I had donuts. It was amazing and magnificent. And, um, with me, I'm more, um, I'm more of a pizza. It's like football Sunday is a, is a pizza day because it's, the kids know they're getting nothing from me. I'm not making anything. I'm not talking to you. Nothing. <laughs> so we're ordering yeah. pizza. I'm putting it on the counter. You can have it. That's it. You know. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's you know you want to you want to munch on something while you're you're nervous. Yeah, it really. Uh, it uh, there's no cooking in my house on on Sundays. We're ordering in. We're getting pizza and wings, and that's it. Yes. Um, I might eat a little healthier if I lived out in California too. I <laughs> live in Chicago, and I get the benefit of of hiding underneath uh, hoodies uh, for like six months out of the year. So, um, <laughs> so uh, we wanted to ask you, like, obviously, a lot of people know that you're a Chiefs fan. You've performed at Arrowhead before, but like, how did you become a Chiefs fan? Have you followed the team your entire life? I was born and raised in Leavenworth, Kansas, and um, Leavenworth is 45 minutes from Kansas City. So, and I always, I always bristle when people are like, you know, hey, Kansas City's in Missouri. You know, it's a Missouri team. I'm like, no, it's not. It's the whole. Th- there's Chiefs fans in Nebraska. You know, th- that whole area, Iowa. I've been hell. I've been to Germany and seen Chiefs fans. But anyway, I've, you know, there's there's when I was growing up, that whole area 
was the Kansas City Chiefs. And my father was a very athletic guy. He was a, um, a high school uh, coach. He coached football. He played football. He, uh, he um, at a very young age, I was born in the 60s, and at a very young age, he explained football to me. And it, it's that sort of thing where I almost sit with my dad on a Sunday and watch football. The whole family would. And it, it's that sort of upbringing. And then I remember I was nine years old when – Lenny Dawson and Hank Stram, 1970, won the Super Bowl. And you get something like that in you. You you have that experience as a child. You're never letting it go. You know, you're, it's, yeah. you're always going to be there. I went through, you know, um, I, I moved to California in the 80s. And I, I, I would only hear, like, I'd only see a game when they'd play, like, the Raiders or the Chargers because I couldn't, you know, get a game. And, you know, the, I, there wasn't much. So I kind of missed that that late eighties, early nineties period. But I, you know, I, I do remember, uh, you know, when Joe Montana came and, and, and so I started listening, I I found radio stations I could listen to, but then at the end of the nineties, when we started to get uh, direct TV and I started to get the games again, well, forget it. I was, I was hooked from then on again, like the whole season. Yeah. I just want to, first and foremost, this is very cool for me. Uh, I saw you in concert when I was a younger person uh, with my parents. There's actually a picture of me. It's me, you, and my parents. I can't find the picture anymore. My dad was trying to find it. Uh, Patrick was saying it's probably hung up in your basement somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've pictures of of all the fans I've ever taken pictures with. I know, just (laughs) littered down there. But so for me, this is cool. So coming full circle. But as far as the Super Bowl goes, when did you have that feeling that the Chiefs were going to win? In the fourth quarter, they take the lead. What was your reaction like? The Super Bowl? Isn't that great yes. to be able to say that? <laughs> we are so lucky. We've been in the Super Bowl three times in the last four years. That's just insane. Um, this time, it's, it's so funny. This year, after we got over the hump of the Bengals, I think that usually just getting to the Super Bowl, I'm more nervous for the championship game sometimes than I am for the actual Super Bowl because I just want to get there so badly. So, you know, those two long weeks go by and, you know, you find like, okay, Super Bowl's here and I'm watching and we've had Patrick Mahomes now long enough to know I don't care what the score is at halftime. I don't care. It could be 30 to nothing. (laughs) We're coming back. And when they go at halftime, Andy Reid and Spags, they always make adjustments and we somehow do it. So I, I'm, I was not, I, I, there was no moment where I thought, oh no, we're not doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm like, come on, is it going to be now? Is it going to be now? And so by the time we got to the fourth quarter and then, and then as, when we got down there and then got that penalty and just, just, you know, ended the game like that, it was like, well, there you go. There, it was sort of a, it was a soft landing com- compared <laughs> to kind of how sometimes some of the games are. Yeah. Were you, you, so you weren't nervous at halftime, like when, I mean, things weren't looking good at halftime. Patrick was injured. He was hobbling around. I was, I was a mess. Yeah. You, you know, I, I kind of don't remember it now. And, and <laughs> um, it out. you know, and, and it's, uh, it, it was, uh, no, but I'm never worried now with Patrick. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous and like, how's it going to happen and what's going to happen? And I'm all curled up in a ball, but I, I, I just believe this. There's so much talent there in this team and so much heart that's what i love no, no guitars were hurt during that game no, no. guitars just, just. <laughs> no. they remove the, the, the guitars from the room it's no 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 oh my god right. 
Mark. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. So, oh, go ahead, Sterling. All right. I was going to say, after hosting five straight AFC Championship games, you know, they've won the two Super Bowls, been to three. There's a lot of talk of a dynasty. In your mind, does this constitute a dynasty? Do you have to get that third one to really get there? In your mind, what would you call this? Oh, I think we're going to look back and, and it, it's funny. You, you, you want to call it the dynasty and go, here we are. You know, and you never know until it's, it later, like I, I, I sometimes I think about my career. I mean, I've, I've, you know, won Grammys and Oscars and well, won Oscar and, and a bunch of, you know, different stuff. But in the moment, you don't really, you don't realize it until you look back and go, oh, wow, that was that. And I think we're in that now. I think, I, I definitely think we're in a dynasty. I'm, I'm excited about the, the draft coming up and who we're we picking and free agency I'm watching. And, and I just feel like there's so much, uh, so much great leadership from, you know, Brett Veach and, and his mind and what he's putting together. And of course, you know, Andy and, and, and everybody. So um, I'm, I'm fine calling it a dynasty. I say we've been to three of the last four Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah. It's dynasty time. Love it. I, I'm, I'm starting to come around to your wave. I used to think that's gotta be three Super Bowls in like a compressed period of time, but with what they've done in the AFC and the, the appearances in the Super Bowl, I think when people think back of this era of the NFL, and I don't think they're done, they're going to think about the Kansas city Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I saw um, an interview uh, with you were on uh, with some of our friends over at Good Morning Football, and uh, you were talking about the um, the snow globe play. And you said that, and we we talked about this on the show too. That you said that one of the reasons that you loved that play was that it showed that the Chiefs played with joy. How important is it to you? Um, is is finding joy in in your work? Oh, I think joy is the key, not only to work but to life. I think I, I've lived long enough now. To, to know, you know, hard work is good and, and you know, get done to it, but hard work with joy. You've you got to love what you're doing. Hard work, not with joy. And I think we've seen teams that are hard workers and good players, but there's no joy there, you know? And and they just, and you see them just go, and, and, and you look on the sidelines. That was sort of my favorite. I, I love when um, the franchise puts together the final, you know, the road to the Super Bowl or whatever, and you see, you get those, those side, the, the, you know, on, on the sidelines, how they're talking to each other and, and having fun. And you know how much fun, like Travis and Patrick. And, and then you saw Pacheco and McKinnon and, and it was joy and it was fun. And that's, that's the ingredient that I think, you know, really makes champions and, and dynasties. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that that's one of the secrets of why Andy Reid is such a good coach is that, how do you keep a team that is so talented interested in the regular season when they're used to going to the Super Bowl every year? Yeah. <laughs> How do you keep them engaged? I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think sometimes in life we just have a tendency to, to let the things that, that to focus on the things that bring us down. And I think that seeing them play that game with joy and have fun um, certainly helps. 
I wanted to ask you another question about the Super Bowl. Obviously, Patrick was amazing. He won the MVP. Um, but is there somebody else on this team, whether it was in that game in the Super Bowl uh, or just throughout the course of the season, that you think was sort of the, maybe an underrated MVP for the Chiefs this year? Oh, well, I don't think Travis is underrated. He's, you know, astounding. Yeah. Um, I thought that uh, Jarek McKinnon was really doing some amazing things. It's, it's interesting seeing that uh, – that um, Orlando Brown has moved on to the Bengals. How strange. But, but um, sometimes on that left side, Jarek McKinnon would have to you know, block. And we saw him put up, for, for a little guy, put up some amazing you know, uh, it, coverage and, and keeping Patrick you know, safe for some of that stuff. And then you know, pulling out and then being there and catching the ball. And, and he was really, really... Um, in tune with Patrick, I thought, and really important in so many games. And he's the one I'm really looking in free agency going, oh, please, no, can't we keep him? Because he's just so amazing. You know, so that's that's who I think. And then Pacheco just kept, you know, impressing us every game more and more. Yeah. As you mentioned, you've been a Chiefs fan for a long time, going back to Lynn Dawson. Do you have a favorite Chiefs player of all time? Someone that you just say, yeah, that's it. That That's my uh, my Mount Rushmore, if you will. We'll do that for your Mount oh, Rushmore wow. yeah, of Chiefs well, players. Well, yeah, well, Patrick and Travis have to be up there. And then Tony Gonzalez, he just got us through so many years, you know, and, and I, I really, it's it's kind of sad that, that Patrick didn't come during Tony Gonzalez because because he would have gotten his Super Bowl and that just you know I just really love that and then um, you know Bobby Bell Bobby Bell from back in the seventies he's he's um, you know he was in the first Super Bowl and he uh, he because I've I've met him and I think he's an amazing human being so uh, you know Lenny Dawson Bobby Bell maybe sharing you know, that that sort of thing. <laughs> Excellent. I want to ask you a, a music question here. Mm-hmm. You, you've played all over the world, but what was your favorite music venue you've played at in Kansas City? And do you also have a favorite city outside of Kansas or Missouri that you like to play at? Oh, wow. When I play Kansas City, I've played everywhere except Kemper Arena. When I grew up, Kemper Arena was like the place you went to for the big concerts. And that is the only place I haven't played in to me, that was like, I'll know I'll make, I've made it when I played Kemper and I've never played it. I did um, four nights at the symphony hall with the symphony a few years ago. That was so beautiful. That place is gorgeous. I mean, stunning gorgeous. Um, I played uh, this out, little outdoor place, uh, restaurant sort of, I, I don't know. Outside of Grinders. Do you know what yeah, it's Grinders, called? Yeah, Grinders, that's it. Yes. Really good. That was cool. That was, that was rock and roll. That was fun. Yeah. That's awesome. I love Grinders. Also, if you have a chance to go there again, the pizza and the tots, you mentioned pizza. The pizza's out of this world. (laughs) All right. I'll I'll remember that. This conversation's getting me hungry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Melissa, by the way, I saw, I think this was on Twitter yesterday. I saw that your your wife is a Packers fan. So one, how how does that work in the house? And two, how is she holding up right now with this this Aaron Rodgers? I got to tell you, it's... um, I have, we, my wife and I were best friends before uh, our relationship changed and we were best friends over football. 
we we would get together every Sunday. She worked in television, and um, I was in music, and that's how we met, sort of the entertainment industry, and and found out she's she was a massive football fan since she was a child, a Packer fan, and this was in you know early two thousands. So I watched her with Brett Favre, and then you know switch over to Aaron. She won the Super Bowl. I was always you know in in you know my my world, and then when we got together, we we. Um, we got together in like 2009 or 10, you know, she was in the height of her, her football dumb. And then in the last few years, when Patrick Mahomes came up, she, it was so exciting because I used to go, gosh, I wish I had a, you know, a quarterback. I mean, Alex Smith was almost there, you know, he was, he was better than most. And um, I'd say, gosh, gosh. And man, last few years, it, she's she's had such a hard time. We get to she get to the the because uh, we're always dreaming of that Packer Chief Super Bowl. Always, always, and we really thought the last I know the last few years we get that Packers Chiefs thing, and it works because it's NFC and AFC, and we're all fine. And and the last two times that we've met, we always thought, oh, this will be the Aaron Patrick game, and we were prepared for it. But both times, one or the other was hurt, and so they still haven't played Patrick and Aaron still haven't played. So in, in this house, I'm, I'm giving her lots of love because she knew this was coming. She, she knew when they, uh, when they um, got Jordan love that, you know, Patrick, that, that Patrick, that uh, Aaron was unhappy. And so the last couple of years, she's like, Oh my God, last off season, she was holding her breath, but now she knew. And she was like, she did the uh, night before last, she put on her, her, her Aaron shirt and she goes, it's okay. I've got to let him go. I mean, you know, she's trying to be real Zen about this and, but it, you know, it's <laughs> poor. and I said someday in about 10 years, maybe, I don't know how many years it's going to be <laughs> with, with Patrick, but someday you'll have to hold my hand. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it's 20. 20. <laughs> hopefully no, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I- how important is it to retain Chris Jones for this defense and how would you do it? Would you tell him to come to your window, let him know you're not the only one who wants him I to stay? Nobody like the way he does. Yeah. <laughs> say, say, angels <laughs> will fall before just he plays for another every, team. Just everyone I could do. And he's so, I love him. So I love that he's finally kind of getting the props that he deserves, that he's finally getting looked at because, you know, they would always talk about Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald and, and, you know, Khalil Mack and all these people. And I'm like, Chris Jones, he's the guy. And he really, really proved it, especially in the playoffs, you know, this year. And um, I love the new guy we just got. Omenihu, uh, uh, is that how you say it? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited to see the two of them, you know, do it. But uh, Chris Jones, he's got to stay. He's got to yeah. stay. Yeah, I think he did tweet the other day, he's going to be a chief for life that he doesn't want to play, play for another organization, which is good news for Aww. Kansas City fans. Melissa, before we let you get out of here, I, I have to ask you, I saw you, 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 you've written a few different little anthems for the yeah. Chief over the years. Um, you've performed the national anthem at Arrowhead Stadium. Are, do you have anything else coming to, to maybe honor the Super Bowl? Are you thinking about writing something up? And when are we going to see you at Arrowhead again, either banging the drum or singing the anthem? Well, that, well, that's a couple things. I usually do those little songs, and they're really fun. I usually do it because either Dan Patrick asks me sometime I'm on his show, and or my friends, I've been doing Good Morning Football since the first year they were on, and it was Alex Smith. And I think it started when I, uh, there was a Alex Smith. It was the game early in the season where he he 
barreled through and got a touchdown and I was, and I took a picture of it and I said, Alex Smith might be the only man I'd write a love song for. Right. You know, and, and it was just funny. It was a funny little tweet. And so uh, when good morning football asked me to come on, they said, what are you going to write a song? And so I was like, Oh my God, I have to write Alex Smith. I love you. You know? And, and so I wrote this song and then every time I come back on, they're like, Oh, write a song. So I'm like, okay. So I, I just keep writing songs. So they're usually, usually I get that call now at the either championship game or the Super Bowl, I get, I get one of those things, and and it's just fun. It's fun to do. But um, the second part of your question, oh, was singing right? Yeah. Well, I've I've sung the national anthem three times now, and they've lost three times. So I know, and I'm a little I'm a little like, oh no no I don't wait you know so. I want to sing again at a game that I know they're going to win <laughs> or that it won't matter if they lose. Right. Because I just, I just, I want to break that, that thing. I, I, I've been to a game and not sung and they've won. So I'm, I'm, it's, it's getting better, but I, I took a break. And I said, because one was the championship game was the, the, Alex the championship game with new England. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I was like, okay, I, ah, this hurts so bad. <laughs> so um, I, I want to break that curse because I love, love singing the national anthem at, at Arrowhead. It's just, you know, amazing. But um, I haven't banged the drum yet. Someone said I should bang the drum and they've yeah. asked me to, but I, I was busy the one, the one time they asked me to come bang the drum, but I would love to come bang the drum. I, you know, look, it would be a shame to have you at Arrowhead Stadium and not get to hear you sing. So I'm not scared of the National Anthem curse. Come come when we're playing the Broncos. That's an easy one. We don't lose to them anymore. And then you can go up and bang the drum. Melissa, it has right. been such an honor to have you on, on the show. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. to Come talk Chiefs with us, especially in the off season. We need uh, every little bit of Chiefs talk we can get, and we hope we can have you back on sometime soon. I would love to. I'll see you on Twitter, and thanks to all your fans. And just, you know, go Chiefs. We just love the Chiefs. I'm having so much fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you so much for coming on. That was Melissa freaking Etheridge on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. So fun. What a great – I just – you know, it's so fun, Sterling, to – to find commonalities with people that maybe you admired from afar or you enjoy their work, you know, is I know you're a music guy, so um, yeah. and drummer and all that stuff. So getting to, getting to meet somebody who you share a, a couple of passions with, what was that like for you? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, she's just obviously so talented and she knows her stuff. I mean, she is a Chiefs fan, but not just a fan. She knows the nuances and you, it, it's rare when you find, Maybe it's not as rare as we think, but just musicians or superstars, you think that, sure, they might be a fan of the team, but do they know all the nuances? She understood the Jerick McKinnon helping out Orlando Brown Jr. And when she said that, I go, all right, she knows her stuff. GM Melissa Etheridge in the future. Yeah. I mean, she was outstanding to talk to. Uh, like the way I do is probably my favorite song she's ever made. I love that song. Yeah. She's just such a joy. She's so happy. And yeah, uh, it was great having her here. Great having her as a Chiefs fan. Yes, it is. And, you know, we don't have imposters on the show. We're not yeah. inviting, you know, some of these. And, and I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs have some really famous fans and they have some really good, like, you know, Paul Rudd knows his stuff. Eric Stone Street, like these, these folks, like they know their Kansas City Chiefs football. Um, so it's always a pleasure to talk to somebody. And I really, man, I'm just anybody who appreciates Jarek McKinnon's game because we've been talking about him on the show going back a couple of years and how much we appreciated all that he did, the little things, and then seeing, getting to see him have the run that he had at the run, at the end of this season, you know, with that 
ends up being it for his time in Kansas City. What a great, what a great addition to Chiefs lore is, and and, and that's going to be a guy that you know the casual fan they may not remember as much um, because yeah. he didn't put up massive numbers. Although he did have a hell of a season this year, um, just a really cool, what a what a cool interview. So kind of her to to uh, to you know. Uh, DM'd her and she got back to me and was like, I'd love to come on. And we chatted through the Super Bowl and um, we were able to make it happen. So it was, uh, it was awesome. Um, so kind of moving on from that, boy, I got to tell you, Sterling, man, I've had, I've had a run at the Super yeah. Bowl. I got to meet Joe Montana, which was another like huge, massive thing for me. Now, Melissa Etheridge, who's next, I guess is the question. Who are we going to get on here next? You got any previews? You're going to sit on these? Oh, on? I got a good one coming up, but that's, it's not until May 2nd. We got confirmation, but not until May 2nd. Yeah. Um, you know, wait, wait till it gets a little closer. You never know. Wait till it gets a little closer, but we got a real good one coming up. It's uh, it's great. We've had just in the last year, Jason Reed from ESPN was on a week ago with me. That was a lot of fun. So um, let's get into some Chiefs, some more Chiefs talk here. Before we do, though, if you want to help out the podcast, keep us on the air. And if you want to maybe bet on the the ball games that are happening right now as we speak, you could support the Aerodatic Podcast by by hooking up with our friends at BetMGM if you're in Kansas. If you just use the code Arrowhead, you can get up to $1,000 paid back and bonus bets if you don't win. So you can be bad at this and you get up to $1,000 back and bonus bets to give it another try it's a minimum ten dollar bet required new customers only 21 plus present in kansas if you have a gambling problem call or text 1-800-522-4700 in kansas you can see the full terms at betmgm.com or in the description below again if you are a new better and you sign up and make a deposit with these guys it's going to help out our podcast immensely so appreciate it if you guys could do that if you're interested and if you're not it's all good too. There's plenty of other ways to support the show. Yeah. Okay. I, I will so, also say, I wish that I would have given folks my bets in college basketball beforehand. Cause I was all in on Furman and Furman. that was huge. We, we yeah. have a, my money bracket. We're sitting at a hundred percent. Maybe I'm sweating San Diego state right now, but we're looking pretty good so nice. far. Nice. I'm not in a big money bracket. I I'm in a, I'm in a fan sided one. I'm in one with a few friends, but I used to be part of this great pool. And then I finally won it. Thank God. And, uh, <laughs> And then the guy retired. He shut it down. Um, mm. I'm so bummed. I need you need to get me in with your group for next okay. year. Um, I'll let you. I'll let you come in. It's, it's Mizzou guys, though. See, M I Z. I mean, that's that's. I went to Westminster College, so you know what I mean. Like, we're not we're not rivals with anybody, uh, <laughs> except maybe winning at football. Um, all right, so let's talk. Let's talk about the the, the Chiefs. Free agency has been going crazy. You were on Wacky Wednesday. It's been a, it's been the week O Sterling this yeah. week. Um, you were on with Adam yesterday. A lot of moves that the Chiefs have been making. You and I already talked about Juwan Taylor, um, but now things are getting interesting. So I guess the big news last night was Orlando Brown Jr., who we knew wasn't coming back at this point, probably. He lands at Cincinnati of all places, yeah. which Melissa mentioned. That left a bad taste in my mouth. Not like I blame him. I mean, go where you can get money, man. Like, go play where you want. You're an adult, and you helped us win a Super Bowl. So, all the love for Orlando Brown Jr. But did that bug you? They're like, oh man, why'd you have to go to Cincinnati? 
Kind of, but I also get it. Like, I understand. You went from the Ravens, who at the time were a good team, to the Chiefs, where they were obviously a great team, won the Super Bowl. The Bengals aren't as good, in my mind, as Kansas City, obviously. But they're still a really good team. They're top three in the AFC. He said he wanted to continuously play for a contender. I get it. The who day was a little over the top. But I also understand you're trying to appeal to a new fan base. I'm not going to take shots at the dude because he did – uh, when a Super Bowl and was an integral part for Kansas City. He was a main reason why they won a Super Bowl. Do you think he was uh, overrated? You can make the case for it. I get it, but we know what happens with him when he played left tackle. The Chiefs got a ring. Um, I, I'm intrigued because the contract is four years, $64 million, uh, $43.5 million guaranteed, which was more guaranteed than he got last year on the offer from Kansas City. Everyone keeps bringing up that number from KC, but – it really was a two-year contract last year from the Chiefs. They could have gotten out. There was so much funny money in that deal. I understand why he took this. It's the guaranteed money. It's all that money up front. Uh, but it doesn't look good. There's not a great way to spin this. You were trying to reset the market. Next thing you know, it's an AAV of $16 million per season. Um, I wonder if having that agent who was unproven really did him a disservice. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you almost can't blame somebody for betting on themselves. And he bet on himself. And, you know, it's up to him, really, whether or not he won or not. I mean, we clowns like us can look at it and be like, oh, you know, should have taken the deal with the Chiefs or should have stayed with Kansas City and and tried to be, you know, rack up as many Super Bowls and legacy. And, what you know, we know that because of his dad, playing left tackle was really important to him. Everybody at the Chiefs seemed to like him. But, you know, the Chiefs didn't want to put a ring on it. Like, let's just be like, or at least to his liking, you know, yeah. they, they traded for him. They gave up some uh, sunk cost. It's definitely sunk now. Draft capital to get him. And, uh, you know, depending on how things shake out, they'll probably get a compensatory pick for his departure. Yeah. And, you know, wish him wish him the best. He, he, he If he had had an outrageous season for the Chiefs this year, he didn't. But he was very good in the second half of the year and helped him win the Super Bowl. But if he had played dominant left tackle all year long, he would have gotten a ton of money, like way more than he got, especially with this market. There weren't that many tackles out there. So like the dude bet on himself and it's not like he, you know, came out really terribly in this whole thing. He's got a Lombardi, uh, you know, he's got a ring and he's got a new team and he gets to live out his dream of somewhat long-term security as a left tackle in this league. So good for him. Um, it, 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 as, as a fan, I never want to see former Chiefs in the AFC West on those guys or, or you know, against uh, playing for some of their big rivals because it's, it's just, it's like such a hard thing. Yeah. It would be like if. Uh, oh, I hope Carl Loftus. No, Carl Loftus, a rookie, Dana. Uh, I don't give a hoot who it is. Uh, I hope they put Chris Jones over him and just feast. Carl Loftus probably is <laughs> yeah. the best matchup because he's not a yeah. speed guy, but put yeah. a speed guy on Orlando Brown Jr. when they play the Bengals and just feast against him. That's yeah. what really matters. Yes. Yeah. And look, we wish him we wish him well as a as a human being and as a former chief. But until he's done playing, as long as he's at Cincinnati, mm-hmm. you're the enemy now, pal. You know, no mercy. What I found interesting and intriguing, we all thought he was gonna get more money AAV than Juwan Taylor. At least I did, right? That was my my thought process behind this. Well, what do you know? Juwan Taylor, four-year 80 with 60 million guaranteed, right? And then you have Orlando Brown Jr. on the other side, four for 64 with the 40-plus guaranteed. Orlando Brown Jr. was cheaper. 
So this was not just a case of the Chiefs trying to go cheaper. This was a case of the Chiefs truthfully thought Juwan Taylor is the better long-term fit at left tackle. And if that gives you hope, it should. The Chiefs feel like Juwan Taylor is the better uh, scheme fit, the more athletic guy, better in pass protection, uh, fits this offense better, especially with speed rushers when Mahomes your quarterback. So that gives me some more hope. Now, again, on March 16th, 2023, I think Orlando Brown Jr. is probably the better left tackle now. But get Juwan Taylor with Andy Heck. Let him bond with Joe Tooney and the rest of his offensive line. Who knows what's going to happen? But that's a good bet the Chiefs are making. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was che- – like, that's the thing. We just – we don't know. I mean, the Chiefs might have offered him the same deal they offered Juwan Taylor to for in the sake of continuity and, you know, but they liked Orlando. And Orlando might have been like, hey, I – You've made me offers. These aren't the offers I want. I want to see. He's never had the chance to see what he's worth on the open market. So there's an allure to that, right? Finding out like, hey, maybe I can get, maybe, you know, not a crazy amount of tackles out there. Maybe I can get a massive deal. And it didn't didn't work out maybe the way that he had hoped. So, I, you know, the Chiefs had to move on. And and once he decided to hit the market, they, they went to plan B, it seems like. I'm excited. I, I, I've read some not great things. There was an article on ESPN Insider about, about Taylor, about how you know they, that he wasn't great in their metric of pass block win rate. He was ranked last, I think, on PFF in run blocking. So there are some but the people. Chiefs, the Chiefs run the ball 12 times a game. Right, so yeah, it's not, <laughs> throw that out the window. <laughs> yeah, it's not, a, it's not a big deal. I, I think, look, he's, an, he's, he's a – we don't know what his ceiling is yet. And that's that should be a little, a little bit exciting. He's not a bad player. I think some of those examples are a little extreme. It's just like, I've brought this up on the show before, that Andrew Wiley, they had him ranked ninth in pass block win rate. A lot of Chiefs fans will tell you, hey, I'm watching every snap of this guy. I don't think he's that good. I think he's average or below average. So sometimes you can get caught up in these metrics and be like, well, the PFF had him. at the, like You know how we feel about PFF sometimes. Like, yeah. So take all this stuff with a grain of salt. I'm going to trust Andy Heck and Andy Reid, who know offensive line play. Andy's been a great coach of offensive linemen, particularly tackles throughout the course of his career. And Brett Veach, who has made smart move after smart move and is on pretty much a heater right now. Uh, I'm going to trust that, and it doesn't mean they're infallible, and it doesn't mean, look, they could be wrong. And if they are wrong about Taylor, and he's a disaster at left tackle, they're going to have to own that. Because that's going to really screw up parts of this team. But the other thing I'll say to anybody who maybe has doubts about that signing is, hey, give it time. Like we are, we're like the second day of the new league year. The draft hasn't happened yet. There are more signings to come. Last year, the way that Brett Veach has been drafting, who knows what this team is going to look like by the time? Because I know the next person I want to talk to, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's a Patriot now. The Chiefs Mm -hmm. offered him something. I don't have the numbers in front of me. It wasn't as much as the Patriots offered. And a lot of people, I think, were surprised because, you know, I saw a lot of Chiefs fans saying, hey, that's not that much. I'm surprised the Chiefs didn't re-sign him at that. Yeah, me too. You and I have talked about this on the show. We think Brett Veach in the front office and the cap folks, they've got a price. They figure this out, what they're willing to spend for certain players. And then they try to be, it seems like they try to be relatively disciplined and stick to that. So, when Brett Veach was on the show a few months back, he talked to us about his pursuit of Juju Smith-Schuster and what he liked about him was, 
you know, a little bit of his size, his ability to go over the middle, his willingness to block. He talked about how Juju, when, when Sammy Watkins left, the offense lost something that really helped make it go. And it wasn't just the fact that he could catch the ball. It was some of the other things that he did. And that was part of the appeal of Juju Smith-Schuster. So I think when, one, I want to hear your thoughts on Juju leaving, but two, does that, do you think, inform us on what kind of guy the Chiefs might go after now that he's departed in terms of size, blocking ability, going over the middle? I'll get to that one in one second, okay? Uh, here was the contract. I have the breakdown from Doug Keed. So here's the breakdown, because this is what, what I found very interesting. It's three-year, $25.5 million with a $7.9 million signing bonus. That's the uh, where you get the whatever $33 million per year, $16 million total guaranteed, $1 million each year in per-game roster bonuses, up to $7.5 million, million in incentives. But the base salaries next year, $1.1 24 is seven, 25 is six and a half. Um, that's why I was shocked. That's why I was shocked the Chiefs didn't bring back Judas Smith Schuster. This is not a fully guaranteed contract. There's a lot of incentives in here. The, we were told that the Chiefs offered a contract, but it was substantially less than the Patriots. Yeah. That wasn't a large contract. I yeah. thought Juju was going to get way more than that. I also thought Alan Lazard was going to get more than that. The wide receiver market as a whole has been tampered down after last year, which was incredibly high. It's like the real estate market. We went from a high, high year a year ago to this year. It's, it's, it's cooled down. That's the wide receiver market. It's following yeah. the trends. Do you think but, that, do you think that some of these teams are kind of trying to take a stand on wide receiver prices? Like th- there was maybe a little bit of like these teams saw Justin Jefferson and, Jamar Chase, like dominating and playing really well. And they like freaked out and like, we have to get receivers. I know I did it in fantasy. So, you know, I I did this and this is what I said um, at the beginning of the off season. I said in a couple of years, we'll see the wide receiver market tamper down kind of how we saw with running backs because there's so many good wide receivers, so many rookie wide receivers coming in and making a major impact in year one. That tampers the market down how it did with running backs. Well, what are we seeing now? That's already coming to fruition. I thought it was going to take a couple of years, but these GMs in the front office, they're obviously smarter than us. They saw this. They read it. They fore- forecast this, and that's what we're seeing. It was, wasn't a great wide receiver market in the free agents to begin with. It wasn't like a whole bunch of top-tier guys, but there was a lot of um, – I would say higher than mid-range. Like, I think Jacoby Myers is above average. I think Alan Lazard is above average and still relatively young. Judas and Schuster are kind of the same boat. But this also probably tells me Chiefs Medicals might have some questions about that knee. There's probably some questions about that knee. And where I go from here, if, you're, if I'm the Chiefs, you can probably get a cheaper version of Juju and Adam Thielen. I know people are going to rip on me because Adam Thielen's an older guy. I get it. 30 touchdowns over the past three seasons played in all 17 games last year. That's a guy that can work. He's a great red zone threat. He's not going to command a lot of money. He's a plug and play guy. While he's not going to take snaps away from Sky Moore or Kadarius Tony, you still get your youth movement going, and you have a veteran just in case. It's a cheaper version of Juju. I would like that move personally. Yeah, and he's he's thirty two. Like Adam Adam Thielen's the kind of receiver. He's not a guy that was like. Look at his crazy measurables. He's dusting guys all over the field, deep threat. You know, he's he's been a red zone threat. He's a bigger bodied guy. So I think I know our our co-host on the show, Adam Best, is like very anti-old man receiver. Anybody over 30, he doesn't want anything to do with. But I think these guys have their place. And and, and Verderam and I talked to Adam at the Super Bowl. 
And you can find that interview here on the Arrowhead Addict YouTube channel. And we asked him, and he said he feels like he can still play at a high level and he feels like he can contribute to a really top-end team. So what's he going to say? <laughs> no, sure, sure, right? But like, you know, he's he's had a nice career. He's made money. Like, he, you know, he doesn't have to keep playing, um, but he wants to. And that, I, I think he's a really interesting guy for the Chiefs because of the way that they're structuring, the way that they've been structuring their wide receiver group, which is it doesn't revolve around one guy anymore other than Travis Kelsey. And it's about a bunch of role players. So what what role can Adam Thielen come in and, and serve for the Chiefs? Can he help block, use use some of that big frame? You know, as you pointed out, he's 6'2". He's a little bit of a bigger guy. He's a red zone threat. Those are things every team needs. He doesn't need to go out there and be running streaks, you know, uh, and, 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 and trying to smoke guys. So he can come in. He can play a role. And sometimes you can do – you know, bringing multiple players that can fill maybe the void that Juju left. So it might be a little bit of Adam Thielen. It might be a little bit of this person over here. It might be, hey, Adam Thielen's going to come in. We've got that good veteran presence. And then Sky Moore, we're expecting him to take the leap. Our, how's our, we drafted him for a reason. You still have the draft to come up. So there's a lot that can happen. I'm really interested in Thielen as a veteran guy, a reliable guy, good hands, that Patrick Mahomes, like, I can just see Adam Thielen being a guy that, like, instantly Patrick Mahomes is like, he trusts him, he looks for him in the red zone, and the Chiefs need those uh, those options out there. And maybe he comes to Kansas City for a pretty healthy deal because he's like, hey, man, I'm 32. This is going to be the best offense I've ever been in with the best quarterback I've ever played with by a mile. Go back and look at, and you know, go back and look at the the quarterbacks that Adam Thielen's had. So uh, I, I'm excited about him. I don't know if he's going to come to Kansas City, but I want to ask you if it's not Thielen or maybe it is Thielen. What about the Odell Beckham Jr. rumors that just seem to plague us? It won't go. Oh away. man, yeah, Odell Beckham Jr., DeAndre Hopkins. Before I get to that, I want to say something. We have a Bengals fan in the chat, and I'm cracking up. He says, who day? Chiefs fans are big mad. All I have to say is, how's that Bengals Super Bowl? Oh, wait, you don't know what that's like? Oh, oh I'm yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Orlando Brown Jr. is going to be the, the difference in you guys winning next year. Good luck with that, Gregory. Good luck with that. Uh, Gregory, <laughs> you can't be coming in here talking trash when your name's Gregory. <laughs> Like when you're like, you, you know, you know, someone's called him Greg and he goes, no, it's, it's Gregory. Gregory. It's Gregory, sir. Gregory to you. Um, <laughs> have a little fun with the Bengals. So talk to me about Odell Beckham Jr. Is this somebody that you want on the team? I mean, when he's right, the talent is obviously incredible. He's, he's getting older. He's had injury issues. And then there's like the Odell like circus. I, I don't know that like, some of it's his fault. And then some of it's just like he's that kind of personality that the media tends to go nuts over. Do the Chiefs need that? Do they need a guy like that? I like uh, I like uh, OBJ a ton. I really like Odell Beckham Jr. I always have. He's a guy who wants to win. I, he's very, very passionate, right? I know sometimes his antics can go over the top and it can come off really bad, especially on the optic side of things. But Odell Beckham Jr. is not only a great talent, but this is seriously a guy who cares about winning. When he was on the Rams, did you hear a peep from him on the, on the Super Bowl winning Rams team? Not a peep. That was a guy who cares about winning. Was he the option one on that team? 
No, Cooper Cup was. <laughs> he, he didn't care. Yeah. He cared about trying to get that ring. And he got that ring. He had a impactful first half before he went down with injury. My main concern is what does those knees look like? He's had a lot of injuries now. We were shocked that he didn't get signed by a team last year. You know, the, 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 the date on that knee kept getting pushed back and back and back and back. And eventually nothing. Uh, I don't know what his market's going to look like. I don't know if he's holding out because he thinks he can get a decent amount of money or if he's going to sign a Adam Thielen type of deal. If it's a cheaper deal, I'm all in. But if you're taking a large risk, if you're even taking a uh, Juju Smith-Schuster contract on Odell Beckham Jr., you say, let's just say for hypothetical three-year 33, I'm out. I'm not doing that. That's way too much risk in my mind for a guy at his age with that injury history. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, the other guy that keeps getting linked to Kansas City, obviously, uh, that's going to come with a trade. His contract is about $17 million AAV. What's interesting here is we're, we're hearing a lot of back and forth. We've heard he wants a brand-new contract. He wants to tear it up, and he's not going to play on the current one. We've also heard, well, if he goes to a contender, he might consider playing on that current contract. We don't know the truth. Yeah. We're being full transparency. We don't know the truth. Yeah. I like DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins in a nutshell. For playing Madden, hell yeah, bring him here. But my question is, we saw Julio Jones fall off at that same age. We saw A.J. Green fall off at that same age. DeAndre Hopkins is a little different. I understand this. But do you want to sign a guy for three-plus years who wants to rip that contract up for top-end money and pay him that when he's 33 and 34. This entire Chiefs organization of the past year and this year has been, let's get younger, let's have some good contracts, not have an albatross on the books. DeAndre Hopkins seems to go against the philosophy this Chiefs organization has had over the past two years. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, you know, if you can get, look, if you can get really talented guys at the right price that might be able to come in and contribute, where you're not, again, looking at them, you're not looking at Odell Beckham Jr. to come in and be Odell Beckham Jr. of old. You're not even maybe looking, if you if you do decide to bring in DeAndre Hopkins, who I think can still play, but again, you never know when that can fall off. Bring these guys in on reasonable deals and have reasonable expectations for what they're going to be able to contribute to your team. You know, it would be great if DeAndre Hopkins comes over here and has that like Randy Moss-esque late season surge, right? And he's playing with Mahomes and Andy Reid and he goes ballistic for 1,300 yards or something. But like, you know, it's it's a risk. So Brett Veach is smart. The front office is smart. They're going to manage the risk. They're going to bring in, I think, a buffet of talent. And so you're going to need, but you don't want to be this. The Chiefs are not a team. You see so many of these teams out here that are going all in, right? The old Rams, F them picks and we're just, if we could just get this cornerback, if we could just get this one good wide receiver, like we're going to win this. And it's just the Chiefs are not that team. The Chiefs are not desperate. They don't need to do anything because they have Patrick Mahomes, they have Andy Reid, they have Travis Kelsey, and they have a really talented roster through and through. It's not star laden all over the place. Like the, look at the Chargers. They went and got every defensive star they could possibly think of, and then they finished 10 and 7 and got smoked by the Jaguars and blew a huge lead. So you know what I mean? Like, it's not – sometimes I think as Chiefs fans, it can feel like, oh, this team got that team. But if there was ever a season to erase that bullshit from your mind, after last offseason when the whole AFC West, oh, here comes Devontae Adams, here comes Russell Wilson, and all these people are coming to the AFC West, and the Chiefs aren't even going to make the playoffs. If if last year didn't con- like get you to a point of zen about this stuff and be like, 
We're really good. We're going to be really good. We have a great team. That's what I want to see from, from Brett Veach in the front office for the foreseeable future, if they can manage it, is just have a great team. Don't make panic moves. Don't, don't rush for big names, and I don't think they will. The trick, of course, is going to be they have to keep getting the draft mostly right. If they yeah. can do that, they're going to keep winning. If they start missing like Belichick did, where it was like, boy, every year this team's not very good, but Brady's like dragging them to the Super Bowl, well, that's, that could be a problem for the Chiefs. Yeah, and you mentioned it. The Chiefs have shown they can win without an elite wide receiver one, at least when you still have Kelsey on this team. So they've shown you don't have to have an elite wide receiver one, but you have to have a good, complete roster around Mahomes. You have to have a great offensive line. You have to have at least a solid defense. You have to have an average defense. You can't spend all your money on wide receiver and roll out with a horrendous defense. The offense can only get so much better. They were still the best offense in football last year without wide receiver one, right? It, you can only get marginally better. You have to at least be able to stop someone defensively at, at, at times. So I don't know if the the difference of getting D-hop versus, um, or say, for example, spending 10-plus million more on a wide receiver, 15-plus million more on a wide receiver, compared to spending 15-plus million more on the defense, where do you see the biggest value? Where do you see the biggest impact? You're probably going to see it more in the defense because Mahomes can make almost anyone better. I don't know if you're seeing anyone making anyone else better on the defense outside of Chris Jones. That's kind of my point here. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. So let's talk about some of the other departures before we get out of here. I, this one really stung me more than I thought it would, but we lost Colin Saunders, mm. who, like, you know, he had the injury problem and he really seemed like he was coming on. How did that one hit you? Yeah, that's uh, it's funny, too, because when Tano Passanio started to slightly come on that last year in, in Kansas City, what happened? He went to the Saints. Now, he started off kind of hot for the Saints, but then got injured, and uh, we've not heard much from Tano Passanio since then. This kind of feels like the Saints are the team that goes, we see someone come on for Kansas City, let's go out and grab them. Uh, Colin Saunders is going to be a, a, a big miss for, for the Chiefs, but we never saw the consistency from him. So I wonder if this is kind of who he is. He's still pretty young, but not as young as you would think. Now, Colin Saunders is very athletic, very, very fast. But if you never have that consistency, he's probably getting overpaid. Truthfully, he's probably getting overpaid. The Chiefs think that they can bring back Turk Warren because he got brought back on a one-year, $2 million contract. They think they can put someone else next to Chris Jones and have an impact. Um, I'm happy for Colin Saunders because he got a good contract. He got more than I think I would have expected. But uh, it is a big loss because he seemed to become a fan favorite, and I did like Colin Saunders a lot. Yeah, the, the talent jumped off the off the film at you with Colin Saunders. And I think that's what got a, Chiefs, a lot of Chiefs fans excited about him. Is they were like, you could just see it like, oh, yeah, this guy is – he is really athletically talented. Uh, our guy Matt Connor, our co-host and the editor of AeroHeadAddict.com wrote, none of this uh, – he said, none of this is intended to put Saun- – to paint Saunders is better than he is. His career high in sacks is three and a half. He never played more than 50% of defensive snaps in a season. He lost nearly two complete seasons to injury, and there's a lot of ground to make up. However, he was in the process of doing just that, and it would be fun to see him continue doing so in Kansas City. And I think that's that's the thing that kind of – it's a bummer. Is It didn't work out early on for him. You can see the talent. I would not be surprised if he's one of these players that we had that goes on – to like have a really good second half of his career. And we're kind of like, ah, oh, man, like you can't keep everybody. And, and, and sometimes it is the way it is, but 
I, I, I hope so for him. Um, you know, he, he's, uh, he's very talented, tough one to lose, but this is what's going to happen when you have a team with as much talent as the Kansas City Chiefs. You just can't keep everybody. Talk yeah, to me about thing, Frank. The, oh, really quickly, the thing with him, though, is he is already going to be 27 when the season starts next year. So he's going to be 27 at the start of next year, the start of the season. Uh, Turk Wharton is currently 24. Uh, I don't know when his birthday is, if he'll be 24 or 25, but Turk Wharton is, uh, you know, two, three years younger than Colin Saunders. And I wonder if any of that had uh, some of the, the reason why they went with Turk Wharton, not only just the price, but the fact he is a younger piece as well. Yeah, and they got to think about what how guys fit into the scheme that they're going to run and the other personnel that they have. So while Colin might go off and be a really great fit with New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not the best fit for the Chiefs. It, it could be the same. Frankly, it could be the same thing for Orlando Brown Jr. A lot of people are pointing out, hey, listen, Mahomes likes to hold on to the ball a lot longer than Joe Burrow does. Joe Burrow likes to get it out quick. This could be a really – that could be a better offensive fit for Orlando Brown Jr. in Cincinnati than uh-huh. it maybe was in Kansas City. Um, yeah, but he's in scramble. I'm intrigued by this. I, I'm very intrigued because yeah. I think you can make the case that Mahomes holds the ball a lot. He, he, he drops back too far. I, I'll, I'll grant you those. But Mahomes also makes dudes look way better than they are. I think he made Orlando Brown Jr. look way better than he is on a good amount of plays. Joe Burrow, again, great pocket, uh, pocket presence, gets the ball out quick like you mentioned, but he doesn't have that mobility. Doesn't have the yeah. scramble ability. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see how Orlando Brown Jr. does next year. That, that that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, Burrow Burrow can run a little bit, but he does. He's 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 much less likely to do it than than Mahomes. He he would much rather stay in the. He's he's very Brady esque, and I don't think he likes to get Drew hit. Drew Brees could do. Yeah, yeah. Drew Brees yeah. was the same way. Yeah. No, like look, look, nobody likes to get hit, right? But <laughs> it's just there. Joe Burrow is operating at his best when he's in the pocket, he's making his reads and he's delivering the ball. Same thing with Brady. Mahomes is a freak and he's, he's great when he's in the pocket, getting the ball out on time like that, but also does ridiculous things that other people can't do when things break down and he's running around. He has instincts unlike anybody I've ever seen. It's just completely bananas. Um, Yeah, it, it, it is is going to be an interesting second week of free agency to see what the Chiefs do. What are their secondary free agency moves, and what do they, what do they do? What do you know? What do they wait for for the draft? I think that's, it's it's the the initial rush of free agency is over. The tournament has started, but keep an eye on Kansas City for little moves that the Chiefs might make because those will likely inform what they might hope to get accomplished in the draft. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see if they try to find another tackle. Does, yeah. you know, does the uh, Laramie Tunsil thing, is that still out there? There's been whispers. I wrote an article about it on, <laughs> on uh, Aerodatic. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't think it's going to happen, but their discussions have been had. We know that. That would be an absurd offensive line, but also an absurd amount of money for Laramie Tunsil, Jawan Taylor, and Joe Tooney. Now, you obviously have Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith on rookie contracts, rookie deals. I get that. But but yikes. I mean, you're looking at $60 million AAV between those three dudes probably easy. Uh, that's a lot for three offensive linemen. Yeah, it is. It is. But I wondered at the time if when they said that Juwan Taylor was going to play left tackle, if that wasn't just something to throw people off the scent. You know, that they needed to spend a little bit of money because – 
they're getting a getting an ascending player and what if they did need him to play left tackle plus the competition that was out there in the market but i wondered if they were like all right you know like they're say they're talking to houston about tunsil and the point i made in my article was that brett veach might be playing chess where he's like all right here's what we we'd give you for tunsil and they're like, no, 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 we want more. There's no reason for the Texans to rush. They would like to restructure his contract, but they don't have to right now. They, they, like, they didn't need to get under the cap for the start of the league year. So they don't have to make a move. There's no reason for them to rush. And the Chiefs are like, all right, fine. We're going to give a nice contract to this young guy we really like. He could probably play left tackle for us. We like his athleticism. But in the, And they let it – just think about it. Why? Why did the why did reporters have information that the Chiefs plan to play him at left tackle? There is no re, like there's no reason for the Chiefs to put that information out there. I would say the contract. I would I say the contract is also a pretty good, pretty good indicator. But 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 I don't think they care what people think. Like I don't think they care if people think, well, is he? That's a lot to pay for a right tackle for a few weeks until their plan comes to fruition. He would have the highest average per year contract of any right tackle in the NFL. According to over the cap, even higher uh, than Lane Johnson, Mike McGlinchey, who just signed, uh, Lyle Collins, uh, Ryan Ramchick uh, for the Saints, who's now a Saint. Um, Tristan Wirf's contract. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't see that. It is a lot. Um but I, you know, I, I think I said this earlier in the week when we talked about it, I'm sort of, I don't believe in this, like the, I think the whole blind side era, like left tackles, the premium tackle position and the right to like, I don't, when you got Patrick Mahomes, every single position on that line is important. And I, I just think that that's, if you're going to spend overspend a little bit for the chiefs, that's where you do it. And I think maybe, the chiefs who are a little bit can be forward thinking sometimes of some of this stuff. Maybe they're like, we don't mind paying a lot for a right tackle because the only, literally the only thing that has ever stopped Patrick Mahomes was poor offensive line play and one half against Cincinnati Bengals when he just kind of had a bad half. So, you know, I get it. I get the thinking of like, yeah, man, we never again, like Brett Veach pretty made it pretty clear when he did what he did after he cut Eric Fisher and, and um, um, Mitchell Schwartz, he, 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 like, he was like, Dad, that's not happening again. I'm going to double, triple down on this offensive line. Traded a, a bevy of you know, first-round pick to get Orlando Brown Jr., went into the draft, paid Joe Tooney. Like, he made Joe Tooney, right? Didn't he make him the, the highest-paid guard in the NFL? Yeah. A guard. Yeah. And there were a lot of people who questioned that move, and they were like, well, and he was like, nah, man, I want somebody – I, this is the guy I want. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I don't, I don't know that they're, I think they have options and that's a good thing. It'll be interesting to sit back and see how it plays out the rest of the off season. I'm excited. The yeah, draft I, continue, baby. And that's what's so impressive. And, uh, but what this chiefs team has done and become, they don't have to be pigeonholed and they have to have this. They have to have that. They can always sit back and wait and take best available. They can wait for the free agent market to cool down a little bit, then go out in there and get their guys. Uh, yes, there's still some holes at wide receiver. Yes, there's still some holes as far as right tackle goes. But you also have a couple of players there. You have uh, Lucas Niang, who's been injured, but who, when he's played, has been okay. Uh, you have a guy who you drafted last year in the fifth round in Darian Kennard. But, hey, Darian Kennard's 
also played guard last year as the season progressed. Was that versatility of reasons? That was, was that because he's just not attacking the NFL? We don't know yet. Um, but I do think the Chiefs have some options, and that's what's so impactful. There's so much depth on this team. It's not like the Chiefs are sitting here going, we have to find the quarterback, or we have to find a pat, like an elite pass rusher, or we have to find a game-changing linebacker who can get the defense into position. We have to find a corner. That's not the case. The Chiefs right now are in a spot where it's like, yeah, we can find an upgrade at right tackle. Yeah, it'd be nice to find a, a, a more uh, veteran piece at wide receiver. They don't have any major holes, and that's really impactful on March 16th. They have all their big things already done. Yeah, and I'll put one more little thing in your, in your ear here about the big contract for Taylor. What if the Chiefs are like, we have all this draft capital, and we don't mind for this four-year stretch paying a right tackle, a veteran right tackle, maybe the most average for a right tackle in the league because we think our left tackle is going to be a rookie on a rookie contract and we're going to, you know, we're playing, we're playing Tetris here with the salary cap. Um, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the last year's salary cap numbers for some of these rookies, Aiden Hutchinson, he got a $35 million deal. He's, he cost, he costs, he was taken second overall pass rusher premium position. He's 6.4 against the cap in 2022. Mm-hmm. So like if you're the chiefs, I mean, are they looking at do they have a guy and 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 so they've got their one tackle and if they can't move up in the draft and get the starting left tackle that they want then they can swing him over stay put and draft a right tackle and then the money makes sense or they move up with all those draft assets snag their left tackle for the next decade and if they're right they're they're in good shape. They got Taylor on a four year contract. They got a rookie coming with a with a four year uh, contract with a fifth year option, and then they can figure out what they're doing with their interior line. Just putting that in your ear. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm I'm saying don't be. You're, you're Brian Windhorst right now. Now why? Now why? How would they do that? Now why would the Chiefs sense, do that right? with Jawan Taylor? I right. like this, Patrick. I, I'm all for. It. But again, it, it just goes to show. Again, the Chiefs have options. The Chiefs have so many options yep. out there. They, they've done a great job of salary cap management. They've done a great job of developing this team. So much young talent on this roster. It really is impressive what they've done. I mean, yep. they won a Super Bowl last year in what was a retooling year. It's yep. incredible. Yeah, I'm excited. And by the way, Melissa Etheridge is going to get. She's finally get, her and her wife are finally going to get to see. Unless somebody gets hurt, knock on wood, it's not us. Uh, Mahomes because the Chiefs do play the Jets. So if Rogers does end up on the Jets, we will finally get uh, Rogers Mahomes. Before we get out of here, Sterling, thank you so much for joining me this Thursday. I got to ask you. Oh, I have a question for you, but I also have an announcement, and that is next week on this Thursday show. I think it will be. Still figuring out the details. The return of Matt Verderam to the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Our guy's coming back. He's coming back. He's going to let you know. He's missed us. Oh God. He three weeks. He was gone and uh, two, two weeks. He's been gone. (laughs) Um, And he's already, he's already coming back. He's going to come hang out with us. So very excited to have him back on the show, talking a little bit of chiefs sports illustrated, Matt Verderam, little, little, little uppity now, a little too good for us. Um, But uh, Sterling, I got to ask you, man, what are you doing for St. Patrick's Day? Oh, 
Are you a big Watching Saint Patrick's basketball. Day guy? No, I don't. I don't care. No? I was in Chicago last week. Uh, Chicago last week for concert, and that's when they do their St. Patty's Day. But man, that's just not me. Um, I don't want to hang around with that many drunk folks. Don't. When I was younger, sure. Now I'm an old man. I want to read a book and watch basketball. I'm going to watch March Madness. That's what I'm doing. What about you? I still go out, um, but not like that. Like it's amateur. It's amateur hour. We're we're look. We're Irish in this house, man. Like you know, Patrick and Margaret. My wife's name is Margaret Mary McCluskey. So there you go. Um, it's, uh, we'll go out. We got a friend coming to town, a dear friend. Um, and we'll probably go out get some dinner. Uh, maybe we'll make some soda bread over the weekend. We've got a great old family recipe that we like to do, which includes in the instructions, how many Guinness you're supposed to drink while you're making the soda bread. Uh, so we're going to make some of that for, and, and, you know, maybe, you know, do the corned beef thing, have a good time, listen to some good Irish music. Um, by the way, I will note that you came to Chicago. I know you went to a concert with Verderam. Didn't say hi. Didn't call me. Did you fly into Midway, you son of a bitch? No, I drove. Me and my girlfriend drove. You drove? It's seven and a half hours. It's easier for you to swing by. It's seven and a half hours. We were busy. We, we were only there for like, mm-hmm. yeah. We were yeah. there Thursday night, Friday mm-hmm. all day, and left Saturday. Yeah. So Saturday, we, we had no time. Saturday, you could have driven down here. Are you going to Blink 182 with me and uh, Verderam? Am I going? When are you going? Oh, thought, did he not invite you? No, he didn't invite me. Oh, he doesn't want to go to a concert with me. Oh, shoot. Yeah. yeah. I, I know that you guys beans. are going to Blink 182. We've talked about it before. I know. I know uh, you have. I know you have. He well, doesn't want to go. I'll, I'll be up there for like three days. What, what, so I thought that's what you were in town for. I don't, I'm not a big concert guy. So, um, so you guys just <laughs> also, came Snow Buddy. I love this comment. Mid- Your audio cut out, Sterling. You're gone. Did you turn on some sort of Bluetooth? This thing's going off the rails. Your headphones? Something? <laughs> this is what we cut. We cut him off. We, he, was, he was about to say something offensive. Um, <laughs> all right, everybody. Sterling doesn't have audio. He's typing away. We were getting ready to wrap this thing up. Sterling, you can just nod. Did you get your your never say IPA, by the way? You didn't get it. Well, you. I mean, you're in town, man. You need to get your ass down to... Uh, to Casey Bierko and pick up this beer. It is if look, if you're not a big St. Patrick's day guy, the label's green and you should drink on St. Patrick's day. Go do this. If you're in Kansas city, go see our friends at Casey Bierko and get yourself some never say IPA. It's fantastic. Really refreshing. It's got that nice bitter flavor that I love dry hopped with German and American hops. Wait, are you back? Did I hear a sound? I don't know. I might be back. You're back. Dude, I have no idea what happened. This is just, No, I did not get never say never because I was sick with uh, like three days. And Katie texted me and said, hey, come pick up your, your never say never. I couldn't leave the house. My dome was crushing me. No yeah. chance. Yeah. Well, now you're back home. Get your get your ass down to Casey Beer. This is, is not to be missed. Like I know they're a sponsor of ours and I'm raving a little bit about it. It is really fucking good. <laughs> like I need to I need to keep mine. And so I can drink it on the show, but I'm going to have a hard time not cracking open another one tonight. Everybody, this was an awesome show. So fun. If you want to help out the Arrowhead Attic podcast, go to arrowheadaddict.com slash bet. Sign up with one of our betting partners that you haven't bet with before. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I owe you guys a few reads. I will try to get to those next week. So if, you, if you've been meaning to leave a review, now's the time. It's off season. Ask a question about the draft, free agency. We'll try to get them next week. Special shout out to Melissa Etheridge for coming on the show 
massive Chiefs fan. It was so cool. If you just came in late to the show, make sure you swing back to the beginning of the episode. That's when Melissa was on. And my guy, Sterling Holmes, who I'm going to see soon because I am coming to Kansas City for the draft. Uh, we're going to have a good time, man. We got to go back to that dive. Oh, yeah. That was oh, a yeah. good time. I'm, I've been working on my dart game, by the way. So I'll kick your uh, ass. Yeah. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm better. I'm warmed up. I played some pool, too, at the Super Bowl. So uh, it's not going to be such a cakewalk this time, sir. Um, that was trying to play. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to the Arrowhead Attic podcast this week. Make sure you check out the the Arrowhead Attic TikTok, which Adam Best is just crushing it on. So much great content over there. We will see you next week, unless anything crazy happens with the Chiefs, in which case we'll try to jump on for an emergency pod. But until then, for producer Richard, for Sterling Holmes, for Melissa Etheridge, join us next week on Thursday when Matt Verderham returns. My name is Patrick Allen. We'll see you next week. But until then, as always, go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.